0: She Stories, a storytelling and wellness community for women founded by yours truly, Amanda Ramsey. We are real women sharing real stories. Every month, I sit down with the She Stories tribe and we talk to a courageous woman about her story of resilience. So let's enter this sacred space of support, inspiration, and empowerment.
1: Look at her, she's brave, there's no stopping her Been through a lot, but she fights, she's a warrior Had her struggles, but she never lost her confidence She's a queen born to shine, yeah, this girl is fierce Hope is more than fear The 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 downs, the highs, they make the road Refined and
2: burning fire
0: hey guys what's up it's your girl amanda and welcome to she stories uh we're excited about our podcast tonight we have an amazing guest she was one of our storytellers at the bold storytelling night in claremont and i want to introduce her but first let me say hey what's up to my girls we got jessica hey what's (laughs) up and then we got jess she's here what's going on jess Hello, hello. We have Selena in the house. Hey y'all. And Misha. Hi, everybody. And me, your beautiful, amazing queen, the <laughs> nectar <laughs> host and founder <laughs> of She hello. Stories. Amanda. Hi. Amanda. You guys are too much. So my name is Amanda. I'm the founder <laughs> of She Stories. It's a storytelling night for women, as well as a 501c3 where we help provide. Feminine hygiene products for women and girls that are homeless. So we thank you for joining us tonight. We have a special guest. She was one of our storytellers. Her name is Desiree, and I'm gonna tell you a little bit about Desiree Ramirez. She's a Chicana storyteller, creative director, sexual assault as- activist, host of Becoming Ramirez podcast, and a curator of pronounce this right for me,
1: Desiree. Chicana? Chingona. She gonna okay. Threads,
0: <laughs> an ethical vintage, um, ethical vintage reseller site. Right? Um, yes. She's a survivor who is in the wake of her bloom and most known for her infectious laughter. So welcome, Desiree. <laughs> Woo, <Yeah>. Hi, Desiree. <laughs> Thanks.
1: Hello everyone. Thank you yeah. for having me. Thank oh,
0: you. Thanks for joining us. You know, this is our um our second podcast. You are our very first guest. So we gotta put you into the hall of fame, girl. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no pressure, right? No pressure. Right yeah. <laughs> for being a
0: number one. Um, so we thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, the girls are happy that you're here. I'm happy that you're here. And we're gonna dive a little bit deeper into your story. Um like I said, you spoke at one of our storytelling nights and we just want our audience to hear about who you are and what your story is. And we're going to talk a little bit about the messy middle and everything that you've experienced. And so um, tell us about who you are first. Um, I know I read a little bit bio, but just tell me about, you're so beautiful. Look at you.
3: Mm, I just
0: love her, but just tell, tell us a little bit about who you are and about your story.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you all uh, sharing this space and this platform and inviting me in to be my authentic self with all of you. Um, my name is Desiree Ramirez. Uh, most go, I mostly go by Des, three letters. You can't mess that up. Most people have misspelled my name so many times. So I just say, just call me Des, D-E-Z. And, uh, you know, just a little bit about myself. Um, you know, I think the more intentional thing to share is that I'm just a young Chicana, still growing and healing in my journey, and embracing the the, the peaks and valleys that come with it. Um, I'm naturally a very big open book. I I'm vulnerable in, in essence, where that has been my kryptonite through my journey of becoming. Um, it has been my greatest gift, but also one of the biggest curses at the same time. Being openly vulnerable um, allows you to establish you know, true authentic relationships with people that you meet from the jump yeah. or it or it causes people to go the other direction because you are quoted too much to handle or too extra or too woke, um, which <laughs> is- Whoa, really- Too yeah. extra? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but I don't think that's yeah, a, man. I think that um, that kind of sets the- sets the table as to where I get invited to sit in on and where I choose to pull up a seat. So in essence, you know, I mean, being a sexual assault survivor and activist, um, being a creative director and a vintage reseller, those are wonderful, fun things that are about me. But to the core, I'm just a young Chicana just in the midst of her own healing.
0: That's awesome. You know, the beautiful thing that I like about you is that, You're so open. You're like an open book. And uh, you personally have owned your story. And a lot of us haven't done that. We're still on the journey of owning our story. And um, you were just so brave that night when you shared. So tell us a little bit about what happened to you. What's your story?
1: I got to keep this to a minimum, so we don't run out of our time. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very, I'm a very joyful, uh, kind, lighthearted person. So in the cadence and the delivery of when I share my story, I hope that that um, energy radiates more than the trauma of what I've endured. And i like to say that I, I, I do portray um, what it is that I'm saying. And a part of my journey um, really, really took its place when uh, 2016 on December 29th, 2016. So we're looking at about three days, possibly two days before the start of 2017. Um, I was driving home one night and I was unaware that there was an individual following me behind the, behind my car. And this is still the most chilling part of the story. So I would like to insert that this is a trigger warning to anyone who has endured any form of sexual abuse, sexual trauma, um, or maybe even domestic abuse, because what I'm going to share next, I think it's heavy stated. I will do my best to be um, clean and concise, but I also think the depths of the the recovery from my trauma, you know, context is needed. Back to my story, I was driving home one night and this person followed me, struck the back of my vehicle as I was um, on the on-ramp of the 215 freeway in Riverside. Uh, Come to find out that this person intentionally struck the back of my vehicle, not knowing then, um, I always ask this to anyone that I share this story with because it's a very important part of my own healing progress. When you are struck in your vehicle, what's the first thing you do?
3: you get up
0: people get out you get out
1: yeah you get out of the car Mm -hmm. yeah so as uh, the, the yes thank you as the back of my vehicle was struck I pulled over and um to check my vehicle and to also check if my I know I was well I was okay it was a hit but I was okay um and also to check on the other driver to see if they were okay um long very very long traumatic evening short this person, this man, um, was a a three-strike offender. Uh, Apparently, I was his third victim that evening, and he uh, raped me on the side of the freeway of the 215. Uh, There was a really, really huge, um, there was a very difficult struggle in this because I'm alive. And, and the essence of me being alive has to do with heavily, heavily fighting, um, excessively <laughs> fighting, fighting emotionally fighting what was happening to me. And I, I believe in the power of God and I believe in divine intervention and interceding. And in that evening of of that time of my life i was 24 december 29 2016 my assailant my rapist was about 6 2 almost like 215 maybe 230 pounds and i was four eleven, 120 pounds so it was almost physically unheard of to see that someone of this stature and size could be uh could survive this type of uh, trauma and, and sexual encounter of, of abuse. But you know, the grace of God is powerful. And I just remember, I could say this lightheartedly and jokingly because it's really what was going through my mind that night. Um, am I allowed to cuss? Yeah. Same. <laughs> okay. you. <Go> ahead. Um, <laughs> uh, during that interaction, a very horrific interaction. I remember um, him telling me that he was, not only was he going to rape me, but he was going to leave me there dead. His mission was to rape and then kill me. And, um, you know, there comes a point where it's so, it's so screamed and in your face and you're physically enduring it and you're emotionally feeling it that you come to terms that, okay, I'm going to die after this. And it's, it's an awful feeling. It's an awful feeling, but it's what I felt. And so in that moment, I told myself, all right, And he's going to do this. You're going to make this the most painful fuck of his life. (laughs) And you're going to make it as painful (laughs) as possible. No matter what you got to do, kick, scream, bite, choke, like whatever it is you got to do. Your goal here is to make it so uncomfortable for him that he has to get off of you. And um, that worked in my favor. (laughs) And I had a moment where him and I had... um, um, I, I don't know how to describe this, but we somehow we I mean, there's a lot of details, but I don't want to go into that part. But somehow him and I um, fell. I fell in the opposing direction of how he fell, And that was my moment where my nervous system said to me in that second. It was literally without it's almost like thinking wasn't a thing it was just what your natural reaction was to run so I had a couple moments to get back on my feet because I had fallen I was on my back I was naked I I had very little to very none clothes on I said that kind of funny but I didn't have very many clothes on um and I just fled on foot and as I kept running all that was going through my mind was he's going to run after me and throw my body over the side of this freeway. So my mind started calculating like, okay, should I hide in the side of the freeway? Should I go jump the railing and hide in the bushes? Um, should I play dead? Should I act like a car hit me? These are all these things that are running through my mind as I'm just running towards the nearest exit. And, um, you know, I I got away. And from there, you would think that, okay, the trauma is done. No, that wasn't even the I'm actually shaking. (laughs) That wasn't even the the abuse, the sexual encounter was shorter than the amount of trauma that came after. Mm -hmm. And um, from the moment he, he struck my vehicle, from the moment he followed me, struck my vehicle, uh, penetrated me, abused me, robbed me. And I got away to the moment I got to return home the next day and shower in the shower with my mom's assistance was a 14, 15 hour day from start to finish in that entire time span. I had no food. I had maybe a couple sips of water, but because this person was um, heavily on the, 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 a lot of the, the Riverside PD, he was uh, wanted. Sorry. I'm getting kind of confused with my words at times. Okay. And He was, I apparently he had been doing this. He was on a spree during December. And unfortunately I happened to be his third victim. Now the grace of God is so powerful and the way that divine interceding works because I wasn't supposed to get away, but yet I got away. And no person in their right mind deserves to be sexually abused whatsoever. Male, female, non-binary, child, elderly, disabled, no one in their right mind ever deserves any form of sexual abuse. And, you know, I had a lot of bargaining and questioning and denial with my own self, going through stages of grief. And I can look back on this experience and see that, you know, though I was the third victim, I praise God that I was able to fight and get away because had I not, he would have killed me and he would have still been on the road on, on the run and and doing this abuse to multiple people. And, um, you know, I, I went to the cops, uh, That's a whole other side of the story, but we don't need to go into that part just yet. Um, And long, 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 very exhaustive day of my life that changed everything for me, my fiance at the time, who is now my husband, for my relationships with friends, with family, in-laws. Co-workers and my own parents, you know that very exhausted day changed every dynamic about my life Every single thing how I carry myself how I dress what I do how I act how I speak who I engage with the triggers the PTSD that came from it and you know I did uh, Ten months later nine or ten months later. I sentenced him and went to court um, I got to see him in court And I got to read a victim impact statement that I prepared. It's not encouraged, but they offer it to a survivor. And, you know, on paper they say, you know, victim so-and-so, you can get up and speak. And I was very, very progressive and forward by saying, no, my name is Desiree Ramirez and I will now like to get up and speak. Mm -hmm. And the whole journey of healing from this traumatic experience, the whole first year, because December 29, 2016, and then I got married in September twenty third, twenty seventeen. And then November November twenty third, I went to court and faced him. December first, I moved into my old home in Redlands. And this is all happening in the first year of trying to understand how to be a bride, how to be a, how to become a wife, um, how to transition out of your. Post-college life and entering into adult career all the while trying to heal and recover from sexual abuse Um, I'm, I'm very grateful that this individual was captured and sentenced and he's doing time. I'm very fortunate and, and you know this is probably a really wild thing to say given the circumstances of what we're living in right now. There are definitely awful, completely disgusting people out in the world and definitely without question, very corrupt justice systems and police departments. I will not deny that. But I was very, very fortunate that the Riverside Police Department aided and supported myself, my family and my husband To an extent where we didn't pay for the hospital bills when I got my rape kit done We didn't have to pay for me to have therapy. They paid for all of that Um, you know, I I understand right now that the police have a bad rep, but if it serves any Any heart to anyone who is tip-tattering on where that is There are some good officers and there are some good departments and there is an opportunity for justice And I understand that most opportunities come far and in between but that, that has been my journey. The first year was really learning about what happens after the rape, and then how you heal from being raped, and then mm-hmm. how you recover from rape when you don't have income to co- recover financially and, and mentally and spiritually. And you know, that whole first year was very challenging, but I, I'm so, so grateful. And the years that came I'm, I'm three years. From the day of the assault it's been three years now Mm -hmm. and it feels like it was yesterday i still shake when i share um i still tremble but i have i have been very fortunate to to own this and not let it own me to take my power back and to be able to establish communities that are woke enough to have these troubling conversations and supportive enough to offer you a hug and 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 pull up a seat at the table for you when you're hurting and I think because of that support group that I've been able to be lucky to curate over the past three years I've been able to be who I am today and and to be A power to reckon with when it comes to talking about sexual assault and sexual activism Um, because it's not easy and it's very horrific and it's it's heavy Um, but that journey that trauma led me to actually become an activist myself because I know firsthand what it's like to have to go through it all and I've had the opportunities to work with survivors in the Riverside County so much so that I actually ended up working for the same agency that opened their doors for me for my mental. Um, I ended up working there all last year and got to work side by side with the same therapists, the same um, SART nurses who performed the rape kits, the same police department, the same detectives, um, the co-workers that I got to meet last year, lo and behold, was a little embarrassing for me, they all knew my story because they read my case. They witnessed my case. So when I got hired, I wasn't the new girl. I was the girl they knew on paper. <laughs> uh, so I didn't, I didn't have to share much about myself then because it kind of was pretty obvious. But they really got to be a witness to this development. And and for you ladies as well, for those who haven't had, or anyone who's listening and watching who was there at the Storyteller Night in February of twenty. 19, um being able to go from that moment sharing openly with all of you to being a, being able to share second time over now, there's been a big difference in, in my character, but for all the most great reasons, and, I, and I'm so thankful for that because it takes it takes a village, y'all. It <laughs> takes a village. And you know, mm-hmm. I, I still have my tremors, I still have my triggers, I still suffer from PTSD, anxiety, and depression. Um, I have panic disorder. And you know, sometimes my bipolar type two type two comes out as well. But instead of being closeted behind my journey, I just choose to be open with it. And I just want to be like, look, you see me, I see you. Either you want to engage or you don't. And that's all good. You don't You don't have to feel forced to be my friend. Yeah. But if you choose to engage, I just want to let you know what's up. So nothing comes <laughs> off the sleeve. You're like, what's up with her? Um, this is know. me,
3: huh?
1: Yeah, this is me. This yeah. is all of me. Take take it. You ain't going to leave it because I'm going to keep being me. But <laughs> if, if this is too hot and heavy for you, if this is troubling and challenging, um, don't project your trauma onto me because I got my own that I'm healing through. Instead, I hope that this is a a testament, an illustration, and an opportunity for you to see that going through the healing process is fucking hard. But when you get to a space, when you could curate a, a support group, and sometimes that support group isn't your family. Sometimes it's outside peers. I just hope that it can encourage you instead of being pushy, pushy and pulling people out of your unit to go deeper in with yourself. So that way you can be able to be selective on who you invite into your unit.
3: Yeah.
1: So that's tell all, that's
3: what it is. Me,
0: tell me what did it take for you or what was the process for you to to own your story, like, okay, this happened to me. How did you, what was the process of owning it? Because I know that I've never been a victim of rape before, but I've been a victim of domestic violence. And so it took me a process to to acknowledge what happened to me, because sometimes mm-hmm. you just kind of, you know, with domestic violence, because it, everybody's story is different, right? it happens to people in different ways and for me i took it very light because it didn't look like everyone else's story right so i didn't think that it was a big deal but then when i sat down and i've read some things looked at some resources and looked at what happened to him like wow like for me it's like wow, i'm a victim or survivor of abuse
3: mm-hmm. you know
0: what i mean and so what was that process for you for owning it and then being able to have the courage to tell people that that
3: this happened to you, mm.
1: I got a got a simmer on that one. Um, yeah, you know, I disclaimer. I am so forgive me, but I am so young in my journey. It's only been three years. Mm-hmm. That's like if I if I had a three year old child running around and I'm forcing it to get into sports, but it's barely learning how to crawl and walk. You know, like uh, it's kind of my, a backstory for foreshadowing. I ended up leaving the agency. <laughs> you know, I, I jumped into it like, hell yeah, I'm a survivor, and I want to be an activist." And then I was like, "Oh baby, you working with the same crew and you getting triggered as hell every single day? Maybe we, maybe maybe we need to step out of this, go back into the healing, internal healing, because." Mm-hmm it's sad to say that crisis centers that are nonprofit that are solely funded on donations and California grants or if lucky United States grants they only exist for us and they they can close shop if those grants and and those donations don't come through so even employees of crisis centers are on grants if that grant don't come through next year you ain't going to have a job so it's a very fixed situation. But I think what really woke me up was that, you know, I got into this coming from like a corporate background and realizing that it don't go down that way. And I became very knowledgeable about how nonprofits operate and how they succeed and how they thrive. And that encouraged me to say, baby, you can leave this job because unfortunately, raping isn't going to stop sexual abuse and domestic violence isn't going to stop like I can leave go work on me five more years and go and find this job again five years from now Mm -hmm. when I'm ready to engage in that one one -one one-on-one hands-on again because it's a it's a just unethical thing and it's really shitty to even acknowledge but I would love to say I want to live in a world where rape doesn't exist. But what we are living in currently right now with this crisis pandemic and just losing uh, a 19-year-old sexual assault activist and survivor and, and social activist, uh, uh, Tony, just this morning. Her 19 years old and reporting her assault and finding her body dead this morning mm-hmm. It is so heavy on me. It, it makes me angry. It makes me passionate. It makes me like boisterous and outraged. but. I also understand I can't take this rage to a center and try to connect with another survivor. I gotta take this rage to the books and keep learning and keep educating myself on how we can create justice and reform for our survivors. So how I owned my story was owning the Me Too mission. Tarana Burke had really blew up and granted she's been going since like 2000, she's been about it, but Mm -hmm. she really, I'm answering the question now, sorry. (laughs) I know you are, go ahead. Uh, she, she really got her limelight. And unfortunately in African-American and people of color and brown cultures as well, if we don't get TV, if we don't get TV time, we don't get limelight, we don't, mm-hmm. we, no one knows about us. But the moment we get that limelight, it's like, we've been on this mission for 10 decades. You know, like we've been mm-hmm. about this. And uh, my assault happened 2016, 2017 hits. And I just happened to scroll across something from uh, Alyssa Milano and Alyssa Milano did not start this for the record I know she was the face of it but she did not start (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) Alyssa Milano had talked about sexual abuse on a post one day on Instagram and I'm over here in in the deepest darkest depression of my own trying to put on a face and do my wedding planning and and Mm -hmm. pretend and smile to be a bride for my partner and for the family that's raw 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 me on every day we got nine months to the wedding eight months to the wedding your dress is coming next week and all that's going through my head is like i feel disgusting i feel unpure i feel ugly i feel like broken goods for my partner like how could he want to marry this i'm i'm emotionally distraught i'm not all here i my friends are falling off like freaking cards off of table. And I, you know, I just was like, me too movement. I clicked the hashtag and then it it brings me to a plethora. It was like Pandora's box being opened to me. And this was 2017 of thousands, amazing, beautiful women of color from all ages, sharing their stories through their captions and, and saying, you know, here's a community group you can get connected with. And I'm quiet and I'm hesitant and I'm embarrassed. And I'm like, wait a minute, I can be quiet, hesitant and embarrassed with unwoke folk. But for the ones that are woke, I can be me because they're walking the same waters I'm walking. They're treading the same waves that I'm treading. And I just followed the hashtag. And then from there, I fell in love, obsessively in love with Tarana Burke. And I started watching old videos of her on YouTube and studying her education plans and the more I educated myself, the more I realized that I was not a victim, that I was not, I didn't deserve what I got because I got out of the car. I didn't deserve to be raped because I was wearing a dress. I didn't deserve to be raped and taken advantage of because I had alcohol in my system. Wow, there's a thing for this. It's called victim blaming and victim shaming and gaslighting and um, grooming. And then I started learning about child molestation. And I was just, Going in on this journey of education, 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 because I keep shaming myself. I keep shitting on myself day in, day out over my abuse, but I can't name what I'm feeling. Oh, here's an index with all these words that describe what I'm feeling. Oh, and here's a community that knows what I'm feeling. So, I'm not a damsel in distress. I'm right here riding it with them. And I, I take my hat off till this day to the Me Too movement because even though it's got its, it got its big awakening in 2017, Tarana and her team have been doing the work for the past 20 years. And that helped me own my story because I wasn't getting the support um, engagement education compassion even empathy from my own friend group because my trauma was too murky for them it was too much debbie downer in the group um, i my my sadness was unwelcome at family gatherings because it brought everyone else down mm-hmm. so i i was like well if they ain't woke i gotta get woke to what's going on with me it's the yeah. same thing with anything we endure in our lives if you're trying to lose weight and you keep hanging around with the crew that's always shoving bad food in front of you <laughs> you're not gonna have the results i had to own own it i had to own like look i was sexually abused i was raped in 2016 but now that i'm getting an education now that i'm understanding and i'm reading just like amanda said and learning this I started my therapy and then the therapy started breaking down layers. And then it hit me that I had been, uh, you know, child abused sexually as a child. And Mm. these are things that I suppressed because when you're seven and eight, you don't want to remember those experiences. You just maybe it was a bad dream or maybe I saw it on a movie and I'm just fixating an image in my head. When I started to unpack sexual abuse and sexual trauma, it was almost like a second awakening for me where my adult self was now going inward to my child self. And my child self was like, let's start here so we can really, really forgive the most Mm -hmm. recent person who hurt you. And when I went back to my childhood self, I started forgiving the abuser then. And then I started forgiving you know, unhealthy relationships in my, my young high school, college life. That was, you know, mm-hmm. sexually abusive even then. And then going into adulthood and saying, I own all of me. I own my bodacious body. I own my, mm-hmm. I own, <laughs> my, right. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I own my sexuality and I own my beauty and I own all of my trauma because if I can't own it, someone else is going to try to take possession of it.
0: Mm-hmm. And and that's so. You said so many great things uh, about owning your story. And I think a lot of times when we're in the messy middle, people don't talk about the messy middle. Most mm-hmm. of the times when we're hearing stories, we're like, "This happened to me," and now I'm all better. So what happened <laughs> in the middle? You know what I'm saying? Because that is the toughest part of all is to deal with the messy middle of it all. And it's so important. You know, we speak about finding your tribe or your community. That's very important, especially when you've experienced trauma, because there's not a commonality amongst your peers, right? They haven't experienced what you've experienced. So you feel like you felt or they don't understand. And so you kind of get more, the more people don't understand, the more isolated you get, right? And and you, you seem like you're in this this room by yourself full of people and nobody understands you, nobody hears you and you have a lot of silent cries that nobody gets. So, um, finding, you know, your tribe or finding that community that has experienced what you've experienced helps you to know, number one, you're not by yourself, girl, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's other women and men too. Let's not forget that, that Mm -hmm. have experienced, uh, you know, being raped or molested or sexually Mm -hmm. assaulted. And I'm sure for you, that was like a bit of a sigh of relief or a little bit of a weight off your shoulder. Like, wow, Mm -hmm. I can be me with these people Mm -hmm. because they get it. You know what I'm saying? And they understand it. So that's why it's so important for us to find our tribe. Mm -hmm. Um, And then support, like you said, in therapy. That's important, right? Mm We run away from
1: that. Yes, and I want to share real quickly because I I understand that I've been very... You know, I used to be very shy to talk about this, but I'm, I'm going to own this because I know that this is a, a setting where I can own it. Mm-hmm. I've been progressive as fuck <laughs> with my <laughs> journey. Um, that's why I am able to be who I am today when you talk to me. Don't get me wrong. I have a messy middle every day. <laughs> every day there's a messy something. You know, if it's not my outer, it's definitely my inner. It's always a messy <laughs> something. But, you know, I, I think the heart... There was a, a question that I know is going to come up about what's my quote that I live by, and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll answer that secondly. But before I answer that, to find your support group means you're, you you got to be ready to suspend. you got to be ready to, what's that thing? you got to be ready to bungee jump. There's going to be a cord, but you got to be ready to know you're going to swing for a minute, honey. You're going to swing back and forth. Your thoughts are going to go crazy. You're going to become suicidal. You're going to have um, suicidal ideations. You're going to have moments where you feel so ugly and unbeautiful. And un- you think like me, pretty, what? You're going to have moments where you, if you are a rape or sexual abuse survivor, um, you'll even have moments where you feel unworthy to wear a dress. Because you don't want to solicit any any thoughts oh or goodness. whistles or catcalling. Because um, these are things that happen for me. You're going to become um, sexually uninterested. And that is a messy middle that I still am going through right now. Being married three years. Uh, I've been with my partner for nine years. Wow. And my partner has known me. Post college, pre college, party days, crazy days, church act, church days, working in the church, praising in the church, wilding out, trying this, trying that, working in, you know, working in Los Angeles, working on sets, you know, doing all these things, and then boom! I, it's not just my assault; it's our assault because mm-hmm. the woman he proposed to died that night of the rape, and the one that he had to come and see at the at the at the police station, she was gone. He was like, I literally had to say goodbye to a girl that I've known all my life. And when I walked in to hug you, she was gone. Your eyes were blank. And then I had to learn how to redate who's going, who I'm already going to say I do to You already had the ring on your finger. So it's like, I can't pull the plug now, um, you know, and I'm, I'm so, so grateful to my husband's support. But granted, he has his messy middles too. Yeah. He changed his entire career to supply and support for us financially because it was triggering for me to work amongst men, especially Hispanic men. Forgive me for the disclaimer on identifying his nationality and his his race, but that was challenging. If you have been abused by a specific race, that race now becomes uh, an object of harm to you, a, a person of harm. And to dismantle that takes a lot of therapy. And I, I share that me being progressive was at first pride and ego. The faster I get in therapy, the th- the faster I can get in therapy, the quicker I can get over this shit and get back to my my life. That was my my motive when I first started therapy. (laughs) And that was so wrong. (laughs) Like, let's just get it done, huh? Yeah. It's like weight loss. Like, let me just drop these 20 pounds and then I'm going to stop and then my body's going to be looking good. Like, no, baby, do the work. Do the work. You cannot just drop this weight and expect to stay this fit and tiny for the next 10 years of your life. You better keep showing up. You better keep showing up and doing Workout. And my motive at the time being 24 was like, let me just do one therapy session, get over this bullshit and move on with my life. I'm getting married this year. I have to go back and find another job. I have to do this, this and that. And the moment I stepped into therapy, terrified um, still in denial that I was raped. I kept mm. calling it I kept calling it something else. I was just like, oh, this scary thing happened to me. And as I'm walking through double doors that say rape crisis center, I wanted to throw a rock at that door. Like the fuck, I ain't walking in here. I'm not raped, I'm not raped. And then as I started to get educated and endure my therapy, I was like, damn, girl, you were raped and you've been abused as a child. Mm. And now that we're unpacking these layers, are you going to run? Are you going to put the weights down and leave the gym? Or do you want to keep putting in the work?
3: Yeah.
1: And it was hard. There was days where I skipped out on my therapy. There were days where I plotted out my suicide. There were days where I got in my car and drove away to go drive off a cliff a cliff. Um, There were days where I've tried overdosing. And this is not just the rape, but this was all my demons coming out now, all of it. Um, There were moments where I felt like punching myself so that the inner pain could match the exterior of what I needed to look like. And these are real feelings because The messy middle is so ugly. I would not deny it. I will not deny how ugly it is, how horrific it is. But I can tell you this. You have to go through the mud to get to the rainbow. You're going to have a lot of thunderstorms. And what are you going to do? Just get stuck right there? Let quicksand take you down? You have to be willing to tell yourself, at the end of this, I'm going to get my pot of gold. And I don't know how long that end is. I don't know if it's three years. I don't know if it's 30 years. I don't know if it's till the day I transition over to the afterlife. But mm-hmm. right now, I'm going to keep trucking. I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep marching, no matter how ugly it is. And the more you keep going, the pain and the, 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 rock, the backpack full of rocks on your back start to fall out of the backpack. And you're like, oh, I got a little strut now. Okay. Oh, I can start power walking. Oh, I got, a, I got a little run now. Oh, shit. I can start sprinting. Oh, I'm ready for the marathon. But, it, you know, in Nipsey Hussle's words, the marathon continues. Right. Like, right. It's, it, it's in the most thing that's the most common comparison, which I do believe comparison is the thief of joy. But when you talk to individuals who may not be trauma informed or quote unquote woke, everybody knows what it's like to struggle with weight. So I always tell folks, it's like when you're trying to lose weight. In the beginning, you're going to be huffing, puffing, you're going to be exhausted, you're going to be tired, you're going to be this, you're going to be that. But three months in the gym versus three years in the gym versus 13 years in the gym, baby, Mm -hmm. you're going to walk away saying, I don't struggle with these things anymore, because I've put in the work. And I encourage anyone who's going through a journey of healing, keep putting in the work. Don't Take your days. If you need to take a week off, a day off, do what you must. Continue to listen to what your spirit needs. Do not neglect it because no one else is going to give your give your spirit what it needs but you. You know, yeah. no one's going to pour you a cup of water but you because you. No one knows if you're thirsty if you're not speaking out saying you are, and you have to keep putting in the work. So, yeah, I I, I start. Therapy was and I ended with like, girl, we ain't even done. We just got started. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a therapy session tomorrow.
0: <laughs> that, but you, you keep, you keep showing up. And that's the thing is like you have to keep showing up for you, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. You have to show up for yeah. you because ultimately at the end of the day, it's your life. Mm-hmm. And you have to live it and uh staying on that healing journey with whatever it is even with weight loss it's it's not an easy journey but it's worth it at the end right yeah and you're worth it
1: thank you and it's so it's so it's so funny because um I gained my quarantine 15. (laughs) I did. I gained my (laughs) quarantine 15. Okay. But but you know what? I'm like, I don't want to work out. Like, I really don't. I put on a workout. Every morning, I put a workout on. I put my clothes on, and I sit there, and I start, like, maybe five minutes in. I'm like... Girl, you've handled worse things in your life. You could do this. You could do this. And then <laughs> midway through, I'm like, but you know what? My spirit and my body is saying some cold watermelon and a juice sounds real good right now. So I'm going <laughs> to put this on pause and go feed my spirit because it needs nurturance. <laughs> hey, I understand
0: about that, huh? Mm-hmm. That's Selena, huh? We talked
2: about that, huh? Girl, I got my quarantine 20 going on over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys all look love- just as fabulous, if not more fabulous than before this, yeah, before the world turned upside down.
0: We're, we're all beautiful, right? Right. We're mm-hmm. embracing
2: every inch, every pound. You know yeah. what I'm saying. So we're, we're there's no buts in affirmations. That's uh-huh. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. Butt looks great. Right. <laughs> so what's your quote? What's oh. your quote?
0: Tell us what's your quote that you live by.
1: I can't say this quote without giving credit to whom it came from. And it's from my mom. My mama had taught me this, had told me this all my life. It never, ever served as much value as it has this past three years. When I was young, my mom used to always tell me, show up and let God show out. Always. She would always tell me this. And, you know, being a teenager, just roughhousing, being adolescence, I'm like, All right, whatever. <laughs> and, and, and for me, when I was young, when I was a teenager, God showing out, I wanted like physical proof. I wasn't mm-hmm. spiritual I wasn't spiritually woke. So if I'm like, God, I want to get into an amazing university. And if that don't happen tomorrow with an acceptance letter, then you ain't showing up for me. And that was, you know, a mentality of a 17-year-old religious household type of Latina background. And as I got older, I started realizing, like, God shows out for you when you show up for yourself, but with him in mind. Mm-hmm. And he will show out for you with the environment, the community, the nature that you get to bestow and embrace and and, and lay on and smell. Like, you know, I, I went through this whole journey of releasing religious teaching and accepting spiritual awakenings. And when I really deep dived into this in 2018... I had no, 2017, I was a a broken mess trying to figure this wife thing, bride thing, rape victim, go to court thing. And then 2018 came along and I was just like, God, like, did you not want to save me that night? Like, what was it? What was it? Kind of this Mm. anger, this anger with God. And then I had to, again, bungee jump and just swing back and forth and know that, okay, wait a minute, my anchor that gives me that momentum to always keep pushing and marching forward. Is God is God? He is my bungee cord. I'm swinging, he ain't pushing me off. My ass is just jumping because I'm, I'm angry, <laughs> and, and I'm like, He's my anchor, he's, he's keeping me afloat. So, my go to quote on days that are hard, on days that are amazing, are, are in moments where I get to engage with somebody. I always say, Show up and let God show out. Mm. And if you don't believe in God, because there are individuals who don't believe in God, and that is absolutely okay. I'm no one mm. here to judge if you believe in. The elements of life, fire, water, earth, spirit, or you believe in the universe, show up and suspend those fears into those things so that way you can let them out and allow them to lead. So that, that's my quote, show up and show out. Whether you want to hear it as show up and let God show out, show up and you show out. Mm-hmm. And, and that doesn't mean in a boastrous, haughty, um, prideful way, because showing up is the hardest thing to do in anything. Especially mm. if you have like social anxiety, <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, which yeah. I happen to pick up through the healing journey. Like, I don't like to be in a room full of a lot of folks. I think everyone's suspect.
0: <laughs> um, you did really good at
1: the storytelling night. That was yeah. because I had my grandma, my husband, my mom, my dad, <laughs> and I recognized a few faces. So I said, all right, a shit pops off. I got my homies. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> if I break down, I got my homies. And and the hardest thing that day in February of 2019 was to show up. That was, Mm -hmm. I had already said yes to you. I had already been like, yep, I'm going to own my story. I'm going to courageously share this story because Mm -hmm. I know when I was in the, the struggling moments where I was drowning, and I needed someone to throw out a life jacket for me. I didn't know anyone who looked like me of my age, of my upbringing, that felt what I felt. So I, I just chose to keep drowning. So part of me owning my story and now sharing it is because I hope when there's individuals who look like me or have the same upbringing as me or identify as some of the abuse that I've gone through can say, she knows. Mm-hmm. She's, she sees me. And I yeah. see you. And the, the one other thing that I think is really beautiful to share that just kind of came up out of the blue a couple of days ago, I wrote down, What does it mean to be seen? And I sat there and I pondered at this question What does it mean to be seen? What does it mean to be seen? Because that's all I want. I just want to be seen. I want to be validated. I want to be loved. But what does that look like? And so I took it back to like third grade breakdowns. I wrote S, E,
2: <laughs> and
1: let's make an acronym and so i said s s supported supported e embraced e encouraged and nurtured that's what it mm. means to be seen that's yeah. what it means to be seen and when you can when they see me they see you and tarana burke said it perfectly if someone can't see you they don't hear you and they don't hear they don't see you so ever yeah <laughs> pepper (laughs) and you know once I broke that acronym. this happened two days ago when I wrote this acronym down I'm probably gonna make a graphic and put it on Instagram because I believe it's so please do please do please do please do do. or Amanda you can cut this footage and use that (laughs) (laughs) And, and I think when it comes to develop for anyone who's listening or watching when it comes to pepper hold on baby when it comes to being When it comes to owning your story, when you're trying to develop your tribe, your community, your hente, your people, your homegirls, your posse, your squad, your team, it's important to ask yourself, does this person support me? Mm -hmm. Do they encourage me? Do they embrace me in the good, the bad, and the ugly? And do they nurture me? And if you can say yes, keep them close by. If you can say no, they they just don't. Create that boundary for your own well-being of your healing. And start to release them because a table could only fit so many people. You can't have all of them at the table because everyone's only going to get a little bit to eat. You know, you you just need the ones who are there to revel and relish and enjoy with you. And if they can't support you, encourage you, embrace you and nurture you, cut them loose. God will send the right people to them for the right seasons and vice versa for yourself. And ultimately, you have to ask yourself too: the people that are in my friend group or the people that I'm trying to hold on to because I feel that I have uh, year guilt with them, year guilt as in have 17 year friendship with them. I can't let yeah. go, you know, that year guilt. You got to ask yourself, do I support them? Do yeah. I embrace them? Do I encourage them? Do I nurture them? And if in that moment you can say yes, own it. If you can say, if you say, no, I I, I don't feel that way towards this person or family member or whatever anymore, you release them too. Cause you're, you're anchoring yourself down to an unnecessary friendship that you both outgrown. Yeah.
0: That's so true. And speaking of friendships, and, and this is our, our last question for um, for tonight, but, you know, just let everybody know we are on Zoom. So, you know, we're all in different places trying to be, all, you know, social distanced and stuff like that. So we got lots of stuff going on. But um, so let's talk about that. Um, so an interesting thing happened with one of our co-hosts, Jess. She hey. happened to be at the storytelling night, right? Uh, And you guys connected. Let's talk about that connection. Tell us how that organically happened because I've seen Mm -hmm. that a lot at the storytelling nights that I do that a lot of friendships are created from storytelling nights. So who wants to talk about that? Jess, go ahead.
2: Um, So I went to, it was, um, a, it was a (laughs) gathering. It it wasn't the storytelling storytelling night. It was a gathering. And, um, Cupcakes and conversation. Cupcakes
0: and conversation. Cupcakes and conversation. Cupcakes and conversation. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. You get a
2: I was trying to think. I was like grapes yeah. and gather. No, it had a really cute name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I remember being there. I was sitting down, and I was in a, I was in the very messy middle of of mm. something. And um, in walks this girl, and it was like her. Her body, just like this vivaciousness and then followed by what seemed to me like 20 feet of hair, you know, just also (laughs) like, and it was just this, you know, when someone has this presence and I was like, who is that? I need to talk to her. She is fabulous. And I don't even know how, I think maybe we both reached for the same cupcake. It was like one of those meat cute (laughs) things. (laughs) And I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, hi, you know. It was and, love at first sight. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was our, that's our meet cue. Um, you know, and and we just kind of, it was uh, the focus of the cupcakes and conversations was healthy relationships and having healthy boundaries. And um, Des had, had just very, very lightly shared um, that she was a survivor of sexual abuse and didn't really go, go deep into the story. But I just, like, at that moment, I I just felt my heart like, (sighs) and I was like, "Ah, why, why did this beautiful person have to go through this? And it's realizing she was a beautiful person before she was a beautiful person Mm -hmm. during. And she's this beautiful person now who has blossomed even more. And, you know, somebody very close to me, um, is also a survivor of of um, sexual assault, and never. I think there's maybe three people on the earth that know about it, mm-hmm. and so I feel like every time Des speaks about it, she's giving a a voice to that person who never got to say, "This happened to me, and I survived, and I'm strong, and I go through." You know, every day has it has its ups and downs, but so so to me, Des has become this this representation. And because she has this incredible, strong voice for all the people who can't stand up and say this happened to me. And it's just seeing her, you know, meeting you, what, a year, year and a half ago? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah almost two yeah. years and oh, A year and a half ago.
2: Wow. Seeing just every day the growth and the strength and the inspiration. It's, you know, when I when I hear about her saying that, you know, plotting out ways to drive off a cliff. It's the the thought of living in a world that didn't have a Desiree and it is not the kind of world that I want to be in. And, you know, we just, in when you compare stories, you know, I feel like, oh, you know, I have social anxiety and Issues with food, you know, and then there's Desiree who's like, I survived the most traumatic thing that can ever happen, but she's never once made me feel like my struggle is worse than yours. like check yourself, girl, mm-hmm. control your eating, and you know quit b- bitching about being anxious um I've always felt like she's just this this warm, welcoming presence it's like. Uh, I'm never going to judge you. You can tell me anything. And, you know, I, I hope that, uh, I hope that I've been that kind of friend to her, you know? And it, w- it was like a quick friendship. It was like, boom, boom, we're friends, you know? And <laughs> I, when she said, Oh yeah, I'm going to be speaking at the next event. It was like, okay, great. You know? And I, I kind of knew a little bit about, cause we had talked, um, kind of separately before I, I kind of knew, um, what the subject matter was going to be about, and being bold, and so I decided that uh, I wanted to bring my really good friend's daughter, who at the time was eighteen. She's just getting ready to graduate high school, and I just I thought she she needs to hear this because if I had this when I was eighteen, gosh, I think I would have been <laughs> I think I would have been um, mm. a little bit stronger. And I would have been so grateful. And that's one of the things I love about She Stories is just the wide variety of people that come ages and, you know, men, women, whoever, Um, none of those things, you know, all of those things, Um, (laughs) you know, it does not matter. It's you can go and you can be in a room and you can listen to someone who you don't know speak and be so affected by it. And it's just, it's just wonderful. So yeah. I am so grateful to she Story for so many things. Um, one of the biggest things is getting to meet this. Hmm. Thank you. And now rant over.
1: May I share uh, on top of what Jessica is, is Go saying? ahead. Put the icing on the cake, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cupcakes and conversation.
0: That's right.
1: <laughs> I had... Uh, let, let, let me... Let me just take a breath. Okay. I got emotional listening to that. You know how I I shared that the showing up is the hardest part? Mm -hmm. Um, I had just moved out of a city and moved into here in Laverne and had no friends, no community. All my people were either my old coworkers in downtown LA that I no longer associated with or were my old childhood friends that were in the IE that I was too much for. So I was in this messy middle when I moved here, this messy, this messy middle of am I worthy of living, this messy middle of do I deserve to be someone's partner, someone's wife, this messy middle of I'm starting at the same agency that took care of me, is this a dumb decision, Um, um, I was in this messy middle, and the I remember scrolling on my lunch break. I guess it just was picking up that I was new to the area because Cupcakes and Conversation popped up on my feed as a sponsored ad, and I was like, "The hell, what is
2: Cupcakes and Conversation?" (laughs) (laughs) And
1: then I start looking at it, and there was this. I was desperate because I had no friends, and I was like, "You know what? I'm just I'm gonna go." And then as I was at work, they asked me if I could stay later. And I was in my first week at the job first week, so I was like, "I should stay, I shouldn't tell them I can't like i I need to prove myself to this job, they want me to stay, I should stay <laughs> and you know something came over me, and I was like, "I have an event that I already bought tickets for. I'm sorry, I can't stay." I didn't pay for them. Sorry, madam, but I registered, registered means I served it. and So I got in my car, I put in the address and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so close to our new home. And I start driving and I see my house and I'm like, Girl, go home. These people are too woke. You are a young girl who don't know don't know much. And I immediately got intimidated. I went to Amanda's page, started Insta-stalking, and went to Debbie White's page, Insta-stalking. <laughs> <You know. laughs> and, I, and I was like, you are a child trying to be in the room amongst grown, woke women. And, and especially women who are of color. You are still a baby in this. I felt like I was the 18-year-old walking to the room. Wow. And I was like, girl, just go home. Just go home. You don't know what you're about to step into and as I'm like my head saying go home my car and my foot kept driving <laughs> towards the location <laughs> and even when I got there I sat in my car and I was like okay do I look do I look like an adult do I look like a child do I look wow. like an adult okay do I do I look like I I'm do I want Because I had grew up in church experiences where you had to look a certain way to be accept, accepted amongst the elders of the church. And that really messed me up religiously, which is why I'm more mm. spiritual. So as I'm sitting in the car, I'm like, I'm unworthy to attend this event because I am so young. What I don't know how I'm going to connect with these people. And then I remember just saying, but I can't let Amanda down. I can't let her down. It was more for I didn't want to have you bad bad juju with you so i was like let me just get off the car and, show, oh my gosh. And, and, <laughs> and and show some face because in two weeks i'm gonna be speaking at her event and if my punk ass backs out now then i don't deserve <laughs> to be speaking at the event <laughs> so,
2: uh, my goodness uh, i got
1: out the, i got out the car and i'm all shaking and nervous and i had really long black hair uh-huh. long long black hair and i walked in and i pulled my hair forward hide. Hide in the hair. Hide in the hair, girl. And and now I'm short, thanks to Jessica. I'm Ooh. loving my short hair. Oh. <laughs> I got my baby, I got my baby pony, Jess, my baby pony. You're, I know I saw your baby ponies back. I love your but, baby uh, pony.
2: But you know,
1: attending attending this event, the hardest thing to do was show up. And as yeah. I showed, as I showed up unbeknownst to me, the evening you brought Project Sister, which was a sexual assault uh. agent agency. And I'm sitting there like, this is a trap. I'm <laughs> <So> like, <laughs> God, God! I said I wanted friends. I didn't want to be amongst these type of friends. I needed a little <laughs> bit of like some laughter and some tea. I didn't know if I was ready to be in a conversation <laughs> with the girl who, because who, I was sitting right next to Tina, and Tina was doing the position that I got hired for at the other job. So I'm sitting next to basically my mentor, and I don't even oh know my her.
3: My
0: gosh!
1: And I'm just digesting what she's saying, and I, I'm like, no one knows my story, but I'm right here next to home girl, and I'm like, yep yup <laughs> yup and then um you know women started to share openly and I just stood quiet because I was so badly struggling with my friend group at that time
3: um, mm. trying
1: to rekindle what I had lost with my friend group and I'm listening to all these beautiful women of different ages share and then I love style and I love fashion and I just keep staring at Jess like let me stop staring at her she's gonna think I'm weird and I, just, <laughs> I kept turning and looking at Jess listening to the stories acknowledging them I shared a little bit about my struggles with how do I um, rework my friendship, and you know, mm-hmm. everyone gave me some love and some feedback. I was like, "Thank you." And then Jess shared her incident that she was going through, yes. her 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 experience, and mm-hmm. I want to be able to share this because I, it happens all the time. People always say like, "Oh my gosh, Des, I like yours is so much harder." I'm so, don't, uh, my story is nowhere near yours, and I'm like, "The fuck, <laughs> like." Try- <laughs> trauma <laughs> trauma is equal on all levels mm-hmm. all levels whether your family member passed away you grew up without a parent you know your family member snatched that favorite teddy bear out your arms when you were too young to not even want to lose it whether you you know lost weight gained it back or had a surgery or trauma is equal on mm-hmm. all levels rape isn't ra- just because you've been raped doesn't make you the the higher one in the trauma pole there ain't no pool here there's no to me Trauma is nowhere worth comparing because it's vibrations. It's vibrations. It's like a heartbeat on a monitor. You know, the heart does what it does, but based off of certain things, it will accelerate and go down and go up and move constantly on the monitor. That's what trauma is. We're all going to experience trauma. It could be through marriage. It could be through friendships. It could be through work. It could be through your own personal life. And we're going to have spikes, these peaks and valleys on the monitor of trauma. And we're no one to be like, oh, you spiked last week. I haven't spiked it so you must be having it worse than me like no no. (laughs) you know and as I heard Jessica share I heard Jess share what she was going through and acknowledging the rest of the room that had shared I was you know processing that man it takes so much bravery to even walk through these doors Mm -hmm. it takes so much bravery to even open your lips and share it takes so much bravery to cry why do people miss surface of surface values and surface emotions as being powerful when this is where the power happens in these circles in these spaces and afterwards you know I, I was feeling pretty pretty empowered <laughs> you know and <laughs> it did its part it made me feel it made me <laughs>
2: yes.
1: I walked in feeling scared to feeling very empowered and then I just happened to you had us do a little mingle moment where we walk around and mingle with people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, i just going to ask home girl where she got her scarf.
0: <laughs> and so I just she was like, looking fly that night. She was. Okay? She's like, she big old bow. Really like
1: yes. And she had her leather jacket all nice and cute. And then she had her boots on pointed toe and a pencil skirt. I knew. I'm yeah. I, I oh. was like, I, I'm copying this outfit next <laughs> And then um, we just lightly, lightly talked. I was like, "Oh, I like your outfit." Blah blah blah. And then uh, I was like, "Yeah, I just wanted to come because next week I'm going to be speaking at Amanda's Storytellers Night, and I, you know, I just, I just want to get to know what the audience is like." That's really, I was like terrified. And then um, towards the closing, Jessica openly just said. Can I read a short story? She read mm-hmm. a short the world's story. longest short story. Mm-hmm. Girl, yeah, that was that was like me telling a story. It was, <laughs> <spot> <laughs> oh was through,
2: I'm like,
1: this is the longest short story. Ever. <laughs> oh my I it, it was so spot on to what I was going through with my friend group. So I oh Afterwards I insta stalked her and hit her up and was like, Hey, can I get that short story? Which you never sent to me, by the way. Nice. <laughs> oh,
2: no, I'm so sorry. Two years later, day. <laughs> at this
1: point, at this point, it's far from what's necessary because I got you as a friend. Red, and, red, red. Uh, oh my goodness. What sh- a jerk I am. No, you're not. You were busy. That was before I knew she was a hairstylist and a Mm. badass one at that. And so (laughs) I see her at the Storytellers Night. I share my story. I thank her for loving on me and giving me support. I thank you, Amanda. I thank everyone that I could know by name. And then I sit down and Jessica's like, this is my friend, the 18-year-old girl. Mm -hmm. I forgot her name, but I said hello to her. (laughs) Alyssa. Mm -hmm. We start talking. And then somehow out of the blue, the conversation of her being a hair and it was so like I don't know if this is the proper way to use it but it was so cheeky it was almost like (laughs) it was almost like she was flirting because she was playing with her bow like this like this right (laughs) stroking the back of her bow uh, as if it was baby hairs or something and she's like "Mm, well you know I'm a she's like you know I'm a hairstylist (laughs) like that and I and my eyes got so big and like if I didn't have a big enough smile as it is that thing went from like (laughs) my temple to this temple and I was like you are oh my gosh could could, would you can I get a session with you like I have all this hair and my hair is my trauma I've Mm. grown all this in the past Healing journey and I purposely don't do my hair. I curl it because it's like that's the best I could do And I do all my hair is my trauma It is like my webs of my trauma and when I'm nervous I hide in it and I'm done hiding I'm done hiding Mm -hmm. in this hair. I've made excuses after excuses to keep this long hair and people validating this long hair is so beautiful. I'm like, but you don't know how this long hair grew. You don't know what I went through. I haven't got a haircut in two, three years because of all the trauma. I can't even step into a hair salon Mm because I'm nervous. I see knives and I think of the assault. I see scissors and I immediately think of his hands and the knife. And so Jess was like, I'd be honored to. We set it up. The day couldn't have come any faster I walked in ready for her to cut it. And she did something, not even my my own story, my healing story gets me this hard. She did, she was so intentional, so intentional by allowing allowing (laughs) me to take my power back that she put my hair in pigtails and I'm like, okay, cool, she's about to chop it. And she hands me the scissors and says, you do the honors. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: I had a moment Because it was like, healing is so hard. But this hair, this hair has so much uh, vanity to everyone else. To everybody else had so much vanity, all this hair. And for me, it was so traumatic. And so having the honor to grab those scissors and cut my own hair off was me taking my power back to like I'm not going to be this victim girl who's raped and hiding in her traumas and hiding in her hair all, all the time I'm going to chop this shit off throw it to the throw it to the ground for the birds <laughs> and I'm and I'm going to show my face I'm going to start showing this face because this face deserves to be acknowledged this face deserves to be seen to be seen and I cut it and then as we're cutting she's like hey right we're done and I was like no go shorter shorter, shorter. <laughs> like and we just kept going shorter and after that I continued to grow a friendship with Jessica um she's continued to show up for me in ways that are probably really minuscule for her but so large for me and you know it's so funny that a haircut and a cupcakes and conversation, you know, <laughs> would lead to all this. And, and until this day, like I, I don't miss my long hair at all. I think people all the time are like, when you cut off your hair? You miss it?" I'm like, "Shit, I don't." I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, like <laughs> for me, I'm like, "When's the next time I could go in so we can go shorter?" Because it, it feels good to to see your growth in the mirror mm. and then not to see it through outer experiences of vanity but to know like damn you're beautiful inside you are so beautiful that like you could be bald-headed and be beautiful That's you right. could you could have a what the world would deem as an unattractive body and you could be like i am so sexy i am so beautiful yeah. and that embrace of journey of healing from sexual abuse started to show itself and even my own husband he's like my wife has been so bold in her style now she she wears what she wants she dresses how she wants she engages with who she wants my wife is so forward in the in the way she uh, encounters people she was never like this and it's for me it's because it's like In the words of Lauren Hill, I'm not gonna show up with two-thirds of Lauren in the room. I'm gonna be all myself. I'm not gonna show up with two thirds of Desiree, because that's a disrespect onto my own self and a disrespect to the people that I'm meeting. How was I gonna feel when you're like, oh, only two-thirds of Desiree showed up at Storyteller's night? Like, come on, that's a disrespect (laughs) to everyone in the room. And like, you gotta have more respect for yourself so you can give that to others. So I was like, I'm gonna be my bold, crazy, loud. Chatty Amazing, fabulous. I am. <laughs> but I appreciate the friendships that have come from this. I really have, and hopefully, when COVID lifts, we can all go and get a bite to eat. Because yeah. yes, 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 <laughs> absolutely,
3: yes. yes. Uh, I I really want to thank you for you know being so bold and sharing your story and um being so vulnerable and open. I um, myself have been a victim of sexual assault and. Um, I know it's not easy. It's like a tumultuous road to recovery. And it's like an everyday type of thing. And like you said, it's a marathon. There really isn't a finish line until we get to the other side, you know? So um, it's an everyday um, thing that you have to go through. You have to process. There's different triggers. There's different things that happen that bring you back to the beginning. And like you said, like it's a lot of the times it feels like it was just yesterday or it was just moments ago there's good times and then there's rough times. Um, and so I, it's so important to be able to share your story so that, you know, other people can feel like they're not alone in it, that, that we don't want wish this on anybody, but it feels really lonely to, to have experienced something like that. Cause you feel like you're the only person you're all alone in the world and that nobody else can understand your pain. And, um, So I I just, I'm so grateful for you, you know, being bold and finding your voice and finding your strength and reaching deep within you to just be able to stand not only for yourself, but for the other women and men and who however people identify themselves, like for them, you know, because their stories are also important, but not everybody can find the strength to speak up for themselves. And so I just want to say that, you know, um, for those that are listening or for watching that you're important, your is important, your experience matters. And even if you can't put a name to it or you can't speak to it, your experience still matters and you're important. And this world would not be the same without you. And so we just wanna make sure that you're aware that there's resources available. There are people that you can reach out to. Um, you can go to your local hospital. You can reach out to, there's um, several hotlines available. Um, for instance, Rain, the National Sexual Assault Telephone Hotline is available if you just need to call somebody. It's 800-656-HOPE, um, and they'll connect you to somebody that can assist you with that. And also, we did touch on um, some mental health issues that come up, come up as you're dealing with uh, with assault or with, with anything else, with a trauma of any sort. There's a lot of emotions and uh, feelings of... Um, unworthiness and like, um, maybe not, not wanting to be here on this earth anymore. Um, s- things get really heavy and it's hard to deal with and it's hard to just carry on to the next day. And so if you're struggling with that, there's also a national suicide prevention hotline. If you, there's nobody else that you can reach out and touch, or if you just feel like you need to talk to somebody that you're not directly connected to, you can reach out to one 800 273 8255 that's the national suicide prevention lifeline we want you to be here we want you to wake up tomorrow and try again um and like we were talking about your tribe is so important and if you don't feel like you have anybody that can show up for you um that you don't feel seen like the acronym that we learned about today which is so amazing and I can't wait to Incredible. get it in my now. I need that <laughs>
2: <laughs> I need it on every surface of my everything right (laughs) i used to be my (laughs) wallet you put it in my house uh (laughs) if you if
3: you don't feel like you have anybody reach out to she stories i mean there's a lot of ways that we can connect you with people that have shared similar experiences with um that you have That at least you'll have somebody to talk to somebody that you know you can laugh with or you can um you know talk about some of the more challenging things and then we did reference project sister family services as well Have a 24 hour hotline for rape crisis and for child abuse. So, 909 626 HELP is uh, the rape crisis hotline. So, there are resources available. There are people that care about you, that care about your story, that care about your experience, and that want to see you thrive. So, reach out. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. 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 Thank you so much.
3: Well,
0: Desiree, we, we thank you for joining us tonight
1: being our very first guest yes Yes. thank you you for having me ladies i appreciate you jessica jessica white nisha selena amanda Mm -hmm. and everyone else is a part of the she stories community because this tribe is is incredible it's really really incredible and you know to think that a year and a half ago, if I would have listened to my my mind and drove home, I wouldn't have been able to have this moment right here. Yeah. You know, so cupcake is a cupcake, cup, cup, uh, cupcakes and conversations <laughs> is <what laughs> it's not. Have a cupcake, you know? have a conversation. That's right. Yeah, so, yeah.
2: are we matching, Desiree? Do we have a oh, same? Oh, wait right? a minute. Oh, look at y'all. Come on. Take take that out. That Hold on. I'm sitting right next to my first right, one from, from the, the same web. Oh. oh my! gosh. your, hair's, your hair's to the side too. Oh, oh wow. Y'all are oh, too much.
0: I must take a picture of this. Y'all okay, are too much.
1: Oh, my dogs are like. Why are you so excited? Sorry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's she's, like, she's right me. here. Oh my gosh! You guys oh, are
3: too so. much. Okay. She's oh, taking goodness. a picture. Look at you well thank you guys so
0: much for for joining us for our she stories podcast join us next week we'll have another storyteller to dive in really deep learn about the messy middle and how you too can also thrive and you're not alone because you have a sisterhood of women throughout the United States and the world that are here for you, that love you, that support you, and that want to be there for you. So thank you guys again for joining us tonight. And I'll talk to you guys soon.
1: Have oh, good evening, everybody.
0: Take care,
3: guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. We'll
2: Look at her, she is brave, there's no stopping her Been through a lot, but she fights,
1: she's a warrior Had her struggles, but she never lost her confidence She's a queen born to shine, yeah, this girl is fierce Hope is more than fear The The downs, the highs, they make the road Refined
2: and burning fire